Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Boca Podcast. I am your host, Nathan Holritz. Happy Monday to you. It's good to have you here today. And I'm looking forward to this special edition, really, of the Boca Podcast episode. I hope to have a little bit of interaction, engagement from the audience. So for those of you who are live streaming with us today, don't be shy. Don't hesitate to comment, ask questions. We're going to be getting into a really, really important topic a revised, refreshed version of a presentation that I did on the podcast. Wow, it's been maybe a couple of years ago, episode 369. This is 560 or 70-something. Anyway, this is a really, really important topic, and I'm looking forward to your questions and comments as we go along. Make sure, if you are live streaming with us, like I said, to comment, to ask questions. But then for those of you that are on or listening to the audio version of this after the fact... Make sure that you follow us, Instagram.com slash Boca Podcast, and keep up to date with the upcoming live streams. We're usually going to have about a live stream a week moving forward. And um, so I'd love for you to come be part of the conversation. Again, ask questions, engage with myself and the guests that we have on the show. It's an opportunity to make this a group discussion, and I hope you'll help us do just that. And then one other thing before we get into today's show... I just want to, as I promised I would do, pop up a little receipt here on the screen from Charity Water. I made a donation to Charity Water today before we got started. And again, I do this just as a reminder and encouragement to you because I've been encouraged uh, from one of our guests, Sean Lee, to, to look for ways to get involved in your local community, certainly, but also through national or international organizations. It's incredible how much or how far, I should say, a little bit of money can go and making an impact in somebody else's life. Look for those opportunities. And uh, I want to encourage you with that. All right. Well, that's enough of the introduction. Um, and, and normally I say enough of the monologue, but today is going to be a monologue exclusively. This is a little bit of a unique edition of the Boca podcast. And it's just me today. And as I mentioned a little bit earlier, I wanted to redo an episode, uh, episode 369, where I talked about how to develop a brand position and a brand position statement. We had a worksheet to go along with that. And uh, I wanted to update that episode and the worksheet and the content and bring that to you fresh today. So first of all, if you are live streaming now and you want to take part in this conversation today, kind of follow along with the worksheet, I want you to go to mybrandposition.com mybrandposition.com. And uh, I'm going to actually share my screen here so you can see this. Mybrandposition.com. It'll forward to the photographer's edit, uh, th this page on the photographer's edit website. You scroll all the way down right here. Just put your name and email address in there and click download. It'll take you to a page where you can download the worksheet that we're going to be going through today. And uh, I want you to, whoops, let me jump back over here to Looks like we're getting screens confused here. One second. There we go. Got back to the screen. All right. Um, mybrandposition.com. Go download that worksheet and follow along in the conversation today. This is a really, really important discussion around a topic that if you listen to the podcast, you've heard me address once or twice before. Of course, we do the brand position consultations, which you saw on that page I just pulled up. And uh, that's where I listen to a photographer's questions, concerns, struggles when it comes to developing a clear and distinct brand position in their marketplace. And I help them develop a brand position statement. We're going to talk very kind of big picture about this topic today, how to go about thinking about a brand position and then ultimately developing a clear and distinct brand position statement for your business. 
And if you want to follow along with that worksheet, this is meant to be an accompanying episode for that worksheet. Go to mybrandposition.com. You can see that up there on the screen, mybrandposition.com. For those of you listening to the audio, that'll be a page that we'll continue to maintain. And you can go download that worksheet and follow along after the fact as well. And again, don't be afraid. Don't be shy. Engage in conversation. Say hello. Ask questions. Comment about your experience along the way. Thanks to Casey, who's on Facebook. He said, very excited for this. Casey, I appreciate you coming to hang out today. Don't be shy. Don't uh, hesitate to ask questions as we get into this topic. Okay, well, let's just dive right in. I'm going to, assuming, I'm going to assume that uh, as many of you as possible anyway that are live streaming with us have gone to mybrandposition.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the page there download that free worksheet and you can follow along. And if not, of course, you can always go back and listen later on and do the same thing. But I want to jump right into this because we've got a lot to cover today. I'm going to go ahead and pull this worksheet up on the screen. And let me make sure my, my software is being a little bit finicky today. Uh, <laughs> there we go. All right. You can see that worksheet there on the screen. We're going to jump right into it. Now, for those of you that are not able to see this and are just listening in, a brand position statement, very simply, a definition of a brand position is what might be more commonly known of or known by as a unique value proposition or value proposition statement. The question is, what is your business offer of value to that potential client that they want to buy? Now, a good brand position statement is not just a value proposition. It is, as I alluded to just a second ago, a unique value proposition. And that's really the key in this idea here. We, we live in a super busy marketplace, a lot of noise. And if we want to effectively stand out in that busy, noisy marketplace amongst gobs and gobs of photographers, we need to not just have a brand position, but a clear and distinct or unique brand position. And I'm going to help you develop that today. So let's talk, first of all, about the five benefits of a clear and distinct brand position. And I just mentioned that first one. It enables my business to stand out amidst the masses. And there are a lot of photographers. There have been for actually quite some time now. Uh, when I got started in the photography industry about 20 years ago as a wedding photographer, I was amidst that so-called, I guess, movement toward the masses. Um, newer photographers coming into the game, and especially as we moved into digital photography, where this idea of becoming a professional photographer got even easier, more and more photographers have come in. And I would venture that that's going to continue to be the case in some form or fashion. If we want to stand out amidst the noise, amidst the throng, the masses of photographers, then we want to make sure we establish a clear and distinct brand position statement and a brand position for our business. Second benefit is potential clients will immediately know our unique value proposition. We're going to talk about where to place that brand position statement later on to make that process of finding out your unique value proposition as easy as possible, but that's the second benefit. Number three, it filters irrelevant potential clients. When that potential client lands on your website or even your social media profile, they see that brand position statement, they should immediately, within the span of two, three seconds at the most, they should immediately know whether or not you are a potential fit for what it is they're looking for. You communicate a particular value proposition to that potential client. They are looking for a particular value proposition. And if these two things don't align, that's it. They can move on. And that's a good thing because you want to focus in on your target market and serve that target market with this distinct service. Number four, it simplifies a, a, a great brand position, a distinct, clear, and effective brand position statement. It simplifies and focuses our marketing efforts, my marketing efforts. 
Now, the reason it does this is because I could go a million different directions, right, with my photography business. And if I go those million different directions and I also have the accompanying million different messages, marketing messages to put out to the marketplace, oh my goodness, it's going to be exhausting, right? Trying to keep up with all those different messages and to back up those messages if I have a very specific, clear, distinct brand position and brand position statement, I'm able to then simplify and focus my marketing efforts all around that one statement and ultimately business model. We'll talk about what I mean by that in a second, but it, this simplifies and focuses my marketing efforts. I'm focusing on marketing this particular message, individual singular message, and it's going to make my life as a business owner much easier. And then lastly, and this follows along kind of the same lines, it encourages better time management. Again, if I have a position statement and ultimately an accompanying business model that is all centered around this one position, then it's going to encourage better time management because I'm not trying to do 68 different things. My business is built around this singular focus, which is to represent, to back up this particular position or position statement. Again, we'll talk a little bit more about this, especially as it relates to business model here in just a second. So if we want to go about establishing, you're like, okay, Nate, I get the significance of a clear and distinct brand position statement. How do I go about creating that? And that's what I want to get into. And if you're taking notes, um, old school, six steps to establishing a clear, distinct and effective brand position or brand position statement. Number one is to establish a big picture view. Now, we're, this is going a little bit deep here, I realize. But it's important to understand that when you're trying to create a brand position and a brand position statement, what we're talking about is not just some pretty words that you put on a website. We're talking ultimately about a business model. If you implement a brand position in your business effectively, and I think correctly, we're not just talking about some words, but ultimately a business model. Everything that you do on a day-to-day -day basis is going to revolve around this particular brand position. And it makes, again, it makes your life a lot easier because it filters out all the unnecessary activities and you can focus on that one thing. It's really important though, that if you're going to establish a brand position, which represents a business model, which means your day-to-day -day activities, your life as a business owner, as an entrepreneur revolves around this, you want to make sure that this brand position accurately reflects a few different things um, under the guise of a big picture view. Number one, and let me pull this, uh, I'll pull our worksheet back up here so you can see it. There we go. Actually, you know what? We're going to, we've got so many different things going on on the screen here. There we go. Now we'll pop it back up. Number one, you want to understand your values. Now, I know that you're probably not expecting me to go this direction. We're talking about establishing a brand position. What does that have to do with values? Again, if you're establishing a brand position around which your business model is going to center, you want to make sure that this business model accurately reflects the values, the ideals, the things that you strive to live on a day-to-day -day basis as a human being. An example, if time is a value that is significant to me, then I don't want to go create a business model that is going to require me to shoot 200 weddings a year, just as a simple example. Does that make sense? So make sure that this brand position, ultimately the business model that you're creating will support your effort at living out your value set. Um, my value set's pretty extensive. It kind of fluctuates between 10 and 14 values, ideals that I strive to live for, to live out, to represent as an individual. But certainly as I develop a business, I want to make sure that 
my business is a reflection of those values. So it's something to to consider. Because what we're talking about again here is not just some pretty words on a website. We're talking about a business model. And in order for that business model to be sustainable, it should reflect our deepest values. All right. Continuing on, establishing a big picture view. That big picture view, it's made up of our values. Number two, it's made up of our financial goals. Now, again, this may seem a little bit simplistic or obvious, but the reality is that if you are going to create a brand position. This is a business model and that business model needs to support your financial goals. So you can't just go about randomly picking a brand position out of thin air. You need to pick a brand position and ultimately a business model that is going to support your financial goals. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, very simply speaking, you have certain financial needs, right? You need to make a certain amount of money to pay the bills, put a little bit of money in the bank. And then you also have your financial wants or desires. You want to go on two or three vacations a year, you want to buy that car, or you want to um, support whatever hobby you might have, you have some fin financial desires. These are your financial goals. And I'm hoping that you also have some kind of longer term financial goals. How much money do you want to have in the bank and investments by this time, you know, two, three, four, five years into the future and beyond? You have a certain set of financial goals and it's, it's important to be clear about those financial goals because again, you need to be picking a brand position and ultimately creating a business model that will support those financial goals goals. Really, really important. If you go after a particular marketplace with a really niche brand position, then you're going to have to do a lot more work in order to meet those financial goals, or maybe your financial goals aren't that big. This is just a secondary income or even kind of a glorified hobby. That's fine. As long as you're clear about what your financial goals are, then you can adjust or make adjustments to the brand position and business model that you're trying to create. Andres is waving from YouTube. Andres, thanks for joining and hanging out again. And for those of you that are live streaming, don't be shy. Don't hesitate to comment, say hello, ask questions, join this conversation. But we're going to keep going here. The third component of a big picture view is our time goals. So I can set certain financial goals and that's great. But if I'm having to work 80 hours a week in order to make $300,000 a year, for example, that kind of defeats the purpose, right? So be super clear about certainly how much money you want to make in a year, but also be super clear about how much time you're willing to spend making that amount of money. I'd rather make, say, 100 grand a year and not be overwhelmed and not be stressed out and have time to spend with the important people in my life and to travel and have a bit of adventure than make 300 grand a year, be able to show off on Instagram, but be exhausted and burn out and have no real relationships in my life because all I ever do is work, right? You get the idea. It's important to find a, ba a balance between those financial goals and the time goals. So first step toward creating a, an effective, a distinct and effective brand position is to be clear about your big picture view. And just to sum up this point, Julie Morgenstern wrote in her book, Time Management from the Inside Out. She said the most successful people in life have a big picture view that enables them to rise above the chaos and maintain perspective. And as a business owner, whether you're new in the game or you've been in it for a while, work and the marketplace can seem a little bit chaotic at times, to say the least, right? If we want to be able to rise above that chaos, maintain a bit of perspective and sanity as individuals, as business owners, and certainly be able to rise above the chaos, the mass of photographers and stand out, more effectively convert potential clients, then we need to establish that big picture view. And of course, that big picture view will then enable us to more effectively establish that brand position, unique and distinct brand position. 
Anna said, I'm excited to finally see you live. Anna, thanks for hanging out and joining us. And uh, I see more of you all in here. Don't be shy. Say hello. Really appreciate you joining today. Join the conversation, ask questions, comment on along the way. And I hope this adds a lot of value. Okay. So back to this worksheet. And by the way, for anybody who joined us late, if you go to mybrandposition.com, I'm going to pop this up on the screen again here, mybrandposition.com. You can go down to the bottom of the page and download that free worksheet and follow along with the conversation today. Let's go ahead and jump to the second set. We're talking about six steps to establish a clear, distinct, and effective brand position. And that second step, if you're looking in the worksheet there, is to study your market. Study your market. I'm going to jump back over here to that worksheet for anybody who's live streaming. Study your marketplace. Now, this may, again, seem a little bit obvious, but I think it's important to understand why it is that we need to do this. And not just to do it, but do it very intentionally. A brand position is going to enable us to do just that, to position ourselves against the competition. Now, I understand and support fully the idea of community over competition, but at the end of the day, that's for us photographers. The clients on the outside looking in who are trying to find a photographer for whatever service it is that they are looking for, they aren't looking at it that way. They need to know why we are better than the photographer next door and why maybe they should even pay a premium in comparison to that photographer next door in order for us to effectively position ourselves against the competition. And they are competition in the context of this conversation. We need to study the marketplace, study the other photographers in our market, whether it's, you know, local market. I live in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area. So my marketplace would be Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, maybe I want to work throughout the state, so maybe Tennessee or the Southeast region, whatever it might be, but that's my marketplace. I want to study the competition in that market to understand a few things. Do they have a brand position? And if so, what is that? What services are they offering and what are unique about those services? And then what are their prices so that I can think about how to position myself from a price standpoint and ultimately tie that into the business model that I'm creating. So what I want you to do is something very, very simple. I just want you to go to Google. G-O-O-G-L-E. It's a really difficult site, I understand, to find. But if you go to Google and just type in whatever genre of photography that you think you want to focus on, and then your particular marketplace. So for example, for myself, let's just assume that I want to continue in my wedding photography career. I was a wedding photographer for about 10 years. Last time I shot, I was shooting full-time, it was 2012, so it's been a while. Uh, but I shot for about 10 years. If I wanted to get back into that here in the Chattanooga market, I would search Chattanooga wedding photographer. And then I would look at the first three to four pages of organic results. And I say organic for a number of reasons. Um, one, I do want to see how these photographers are popping up organically. I also don't want to make other photographers pay for my research. Don't be that photographer. Don't click on the ads and make them pay for it. Um, you can always manually type in the URL that you're seeing right there in their ad. But do some research. Become aware of the photographers in your marketplace, particularly those who are in those first three, four pages that are going to get the attention of other prospective clients. And look at certainly the business name, because the business name will play in too when you're thinking about the position statement, the messaging that you're going to use. Business name. And if you're looking at the worksheet there, you'll see this. Brand position. Do they have a brand position statement, a statement asserting what their value proposition is? By the way, you're probably not going to see a lot of clearer or obvious brand position statements. If you do, a lot of times you have to go looking for it. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Number three, you want to look for the services that they're offering. Make note of those. And then number four, look at their pricing. Be aware of that because while I don't 
usually want to establish a brand that is based around price. It is important to be aware of price and how you're positioning yourself with regards to price, especially if you want to establish, for example, a premium brand, to be aware of the prices that other photographers in the area are charging. Price is a whole different conversation. Um, and I want to encourage photographers to primarily, when it comes to price, focus on the prices they need to charge in order to meet those financial goals that they talked about and time goals that, they talk, that we talked about earlier. But it's important to be aware for the sake of positioning ourselves of the prices of your market. So you'll see on the worksheet there, I've, I've created some spaces to note business name, brand position, services, prices. I gave a few, a few spaces there for spaces for three different businesses. There are going to be a lot more businesses on three or four pages of Google results. So flip that piece of paper over and continue to make notes on the back. Make some good notes and become aware of your marketplace. And it's really important. Again, if you're going to create a brand position statement, this is not about just putting some cute words up on a website. This is about creating a position statement that represents how you are going to be distinct in your marketplace. And the only way that you can effectively be distinct or know that you are distinct is to do market research, study your market so that you understand what other photographers are doing and you can position yourself against that. All right. So the second step to establishing a distinct and effective brand position statement is to study your market. You can see that up there on screen. Again, don't hesitate to ask questions along the way here, but we're going to keep moving right along. The third step, if you've got that worksheet or don't, um, the third step to establishing a clear and distinct and effective brand position is to choose your position. Now, this may seem a little bit obvious, <laughs> uh, but the reality is, I, well, at least I know, and I know that there are a lot of other emotional personality types out there in our photography industry. Sometimes making a choice can be a little bit disconcerting, right? Taking that leap, making the choice, committing to something and knowing that as a result of committing to something, you're pushing other options away, that can be a little bit, little bit disconcerting. But you understand what it is you're trying to achieve with your life because you've established your big picture view. You understand what it is um, that your market is doing so that you can position yourselves against them, it's time to go ahead and make a choice and to choose that position. So if you're looking at your worksheet here and I've got this pulled up, you're gonna choose your position. And there are a few different ways that you can go about choosing a position. Number one, or letter A, if you see the outline there on the worksheet, be the first to offer a service. Now, this is gonna be the toughest direction to go when it comes to choosing a brand position and writing a brand position statement because in most marketplaces, unless you're in a you know a little tiny town of 50 or 100 people, in most marketplaces, this a service probably is being is already being offered in your market. So obviously wedding photography, for example, I'm, there are plenty of wedding photographers in Chatt Chattanooga market, portrait photographers, plenty of portrait photographers in the, in the Chattanooga market, pet photographers. Um, I'd have to do a little bit of research. I'm not 100% sure. There might be an opportunity in a market. And by the way, Chattanooga proper, uh, or that the city itself is maybe a couple hundred thousand and the surrounding area is maybe half a million. So not a huge, huge marketplace. There may be a, a pet photographer or two in the marketplace or in the area, but I would want to be aware of that. And this is one way that I can go about choosing a direction that I want to go as far as a position. If, if nobody is offering that particular service and I can be the first to offer that service, immediately I stand out as unique, right? I'm the first to offer that service. But again, this is going to be tough to do in larger market, markets where there are a lot more photographers. So uh, I'll throw it out there, but just add a little bit of a caveat there, which is this is going to be a tough one, but it is the first way that you can go about creating your, your position. Number two, be the first to own a service. Now, this is a bit nuanced. 
And uh, I would say a little bit of a challenge in that if you are going to, and I'm sorry, I've got a little too many things going on screen here. There we go. We'll take that label out of the way. If you are trying to own a service, what we're talking about here is, let's just say, for example, I'm going to go back to wedding photographers, a lot of wedding photographers. Let's do portrait, mix it up a bit. A lot of portrait photographers. If there are a lot of portrait photographers in the area, but you go to all these portrait photographers' websites and all you see is portrait photographer Chattanooga. Just very, very basic language. They're, they're doing nothing to set themselves apart, at least with the copywriting. Then there's an opportunity to own that particular service to say, I am the solution when it comes to this particular service. So there may be a bunch of portrait photographers, but if you want to go to Chattanooga's premier portrait photographer, then you can do that. Now, again, I would caution you here, when you, if you're going to take that leap and you're gutsy enough to make that move, make sure that you can actually back it up. Again, these are not just random words that we're putting on our website just for the sake of putting some copy in our website. When we make an assertion about our position in that marketplace, we need to back it up. If I say that I'm Chattanooga's premier portrait photographer, and maybe I would add a little bit of... Uh, specificity to that. We're going to talk about this more in just a second, but I would say Chattanooga's premier studio portrait photographer. I need to make sure that I'm actually backing that up. If I say that I am the best in the marketplace, that better be the most premium experience from beginning to end. I show up in premium clothing. I drive a premium car. That whole studio experience is a an luxury experience on all levels, whether it's the music, the snacks, the drinks that I have. And then the finished product, the way that I go about delivering the finished product, every single thing should be premium. If I'm going to say that I am the ultimate portrait photography or studio portrait photography experience in Chattanooga. Again, you can't just say those words if you're going to own that space, but it is an opportunity. And it's for those of you that are, don't, aren't uh, too shy to, to get out there, make those assertions, be a little bit uh, boisterous, if you will. Uh, but it is another way that you can go about establishing that position. I've got a comment from Anna. She jumped back in from Facebook. And again, for those of you listening in, don't be shy. Jump in, comment, say hello. Anna says, I'm a boudoir photographer and every competitor has on their site Michigan's premier boudoir photographer. So I need to stay away from that. And that's a really great point, Anna. So I would immediately shy away from this this approach, the second approach that I mentioned for that very reason, because you would then sound like an also ran, even if you did have the premier experience, right? Now you're immediately competing against somebody else. And that's what we're trying to avoid here. We want to go with something unique. So yes, absolutely. That's a great point. And I appreciate you chiming in. So let me be- jump back over so many buttons to run here. And I don't have the guests to help kind of break up the conversation where I can make sure everything is in the right place. Let me jump back over to the worksheet. So number one, be the first to offer a service. Number two, be the first to own a service. Number three, offer a unique variation of a service. Now, this is probably going to be the easiest direction and potentially the most effective direction for anybody listening in or watching to go. If I offer a unique variation of a service, and let's just give an example of this. If, if I'm a wedding photographer in Chattanooga, again, if I say Chattanooga wedding photographer, nothing about that makes me unique. There are you know 20 other Chattanooga wedding photographers. But if I say that I am Chattanooga's black and white wedding photographer, That's a variation on a service that is very, very common, but it's a variation that is unique. And that's the key. You want to offer a unique value 
proposition to your marketplace. And that's an example of how you might go about doing this. And we'll, we'll talk about what this sounds like a little bit more when we talk about messaging here in just a second. But offering a unique variation, a twist on a particular service, that is the third way to go about choosing and offering a distinct brand position. And then the fourth way to do that is to offer the service to a specific market segment. So let, let's continue with that idea of a Chattanooga's black and white wedding photographer. Um, Chattanooga, I've already called it a marketplace, but I actually want to call up a sub segment, if you will, a group of people in that marketplace. I could say I'm Chattanooga's black and white wedding photographer for skateboarders or black and white wedding photography for Chattanooga skateboarders. Now I'm calling out, I'm offering a unique variation on a service, but if I need to get even more niche because somebody's already in that space, then I'm going to call out a particular market segment. I'm offering it to skateboarders. So that's another way to go about offering a particular service. If you're a portrait photographer and you focus on seniors, as in high school seniors, then that's a variation on the service. Uh, it's also a target market, right? You kind of got both built into one there. And that would be a tough environment to compete in because there are probably others doing the same thing. So then you need to figure out a variation on that service. Maybe it is black and white senior portrait photography, um, or maybe it is park based senior photography, or maybe some type of action senior photography for Chattanooga seniors, action photography for Chattanooga seniors. There you go. But again, variation on the service and then the specific market segment. These are going to be the two most common ways to come up with a brand position. And we'll talk about messaging here in just a second. But the challenge, of course, is to figure out how to communicate that variation on the service as well and or the a unique market segment that you are targeting that service to. All right. Let me jump back over here to the home screen, make sure that uh, everybody here is, or any questions, comments are answered. And again, please, for those of you who are live streaming, don't be shy, jump in, ask questions, make comments. Um, that third step is to choose your position. Pop that up there on screen. If you have any questions or comments about that idea, don't hesitate to let me know. I'm going to snag a quick drink of water here because I've got a little bit of a raspy throat today. Does that add a little bit of, does that add a nice effect to the podcast? Should I just maintain that? I'm going to, I'm going to snag that drink of water one second. All right, we're back, ladies and gentlemen, a little bit less raspy, but I think we're going to make it happen. Let's go ahead and jump then to the fourth step in establishing a clear and distinct brand position. And I'll go ahead and pop this up on screen here. We need to refine our messaging or refine your messaging. So maybe we have a general idea. We can communicate to somebody who asks us, what do you do? I'm a Chattanooga wedding photographer. Oh, that's cool. What makes you different? Oh, I photograph exclusively in black and white. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Um, and, and, there goes the conversation, of course, or, or so goes the conversation, of course. Now, that right there is an example of a very clear and concise way to go about communicating how you are different from photographers in your marketplace. But we need to be even more concise and simple and refined when it comes to communicating this message on our website and social media, because we have even less time. No longer is the concept of an elevator pitch relevant you know, 30 seconds, 60 seconds, a minute and a half. And honestly, I'm still kind of amazed at times hearing the answer from certain business owners when I ask about this idea of a brand position. One, because a lot of times 
photographers or business owners haven't thought about it. So they can't really effectively communicate. And even if they have, it's this very kind of long drawn out process. In fact, let me pull something up. Let me see how many of you can uh, relate to this. It's just a little paragraph that I, I put together from, uh, it's kind of a, a combination of websites. How many of you can relate to this messaging? Maybe from your own website or some other photographer's website that you read before. Hopelessly inspired by love, I capture the magical memories of life's most authentic in-between moments through the timeless beauty of natural light. Now, I, I can almost hear laughs out there amongst the crowd. Uh, maybe you're chuckling internally or outwardly, listening in your car, wherever you might be. But you've probably heard or read something like that, either on your own site or somebody else's site in the past. And that's because photographers are kind of funny. Um, number one, we tend to copy and paste each other quite a bit. Number two, we try to be creative and pretty and cute. And you know, we're trying to write this copy that'll sound really nice when somebody lands on our site. And yet what we don't really think about is that we're using irrelevant language that is way too wordy. They're getting bored like the second line in. And as a result, we've potentially lost an opportunity to convert or at least draw in that potential client more effectively. So we need to work on refining our messaging. And there are a few ways that we can go about doing this. And I'm going to go ahead and pop up uh, my screen here. Make sure we don't have too many things on screen. There we go. Here's the worksheet. Number four, refine your messaging. So number one, we need to use relevant language. And in that paragraph that I just read, the last part, through the timeless beauty of natural light, Photographers are really funny in that they tend to project their experience as photographers onto their clients, what their interests are, how they think about photography, the nuance of a color correction, for example, um, and certainly what matters, right? And photographers are thinking about natural light or off-camera light or studio light and the gear, the equipment that they're using and the 50 millimeter lens versus the 85 and that zoom and why they love primes and on and on and on. But I think a lot of times what photographers forget is that most of the stuff is irrelevant to a client. 98%, shall we say, of clients or potential clients don't care, don't understand, don't want to be bothered by it. If I go to the Apple store and I want to buy a new laptop, I don't want to hear a 30-minute lecture, an explanation from the Apple store employee about how they made that laptop. I don't really care. I just want the experience that comes with owning an Apple laptop. And I was there to pay for it. That really cool experience that you have where you just basically walk in, they hand the thing to you, scan it, and you walk out within the span of you know, seconds, it feels like. That's what I wanted. I didn't want a 30-minute explanation because I don't really care about all the technical stuff underneath. I don't need to know how they made that chip and why that particular chip is more important than the other chip. I just want the end product, the end experience. And everybody listening in, needs to keep that in mind when they are thinking about the way that they are communicating their brand position and ultimately just talking in general to a potential client, whether on their site, social media, or in person. So use relevant language. Words common to the target market that you're speaking to, their day-to-day -day language. Don't try to be pretty and be fancy and technical. Most of your clients don't care. Stop trying to project your interests onto your clients. And I know that may seem a little bit direct or blunt, but I, really photographers obsess about the craziest things when it comes to the client experience. And it's irrelevant a lot of times. Focus on what the client, what actually matters to the client and keep the rest to conversations with photographers. All right, enough of that. Number two, or the second part to refining your messaging is to be practical and direct. 
Again, don't try to be creative or flowery or cute. Say it as it is. Use basic, common, everyday language. And number three, or C, be simple. Six to eight words max. I know. That's that's like it, you got stressed out all of a sudden, right? I just read that paragraph earlier, and that's, I don't know, maybe 20 words, maybe a little bit more. Photographers aren't used to communicating in short, succinct sentences or phrases. By the way, I'm the most guilty of it, especially when it comes to how much I talk. <laughs> we need to simplify. We need to refine our messaging. And part of the ways that we do that is to use less words. And guess what? It takes a little bit of thinking ahead of time in order to do this. I know, got to think a little bit, but the payoff is going to be huge because at the end of the day, listen, when somebody lands on your website, they don't need to spend five minutes or 15 minutes reading through all this copy of you talking about yourself and the stuff that matters to you, what they need to know immediately within the span of two to three seconds, two to three seconds is why, how, first of all, you're going to add value to their, to their lives and how you're going to do that differently than the photographer next door. That's it. And you should be able to do that in 68 words. So a template for you. And for those of you that are watching live, you can see this uh, in the worksheet that I've got pulled up. If you don't have the worksheet currently, if you just go to mybrandposition.com, scroll down to the bottom there, you can download that for free. Excuse me, but I've got a little template written out there. And the template is very simple. And this will make this process of writing your brand position statement really, really easy. We're going to start with the service. And then for most of you, you're going to speak to the variation on that service. You're going to add in the location. This is for SEO, but also specificity, speaking to the market that you are wanting to work with. And then your target market, the target market within your locale, shall we say. So service, variation on the service, location, target market. A few examples of what this might sound like, black and white wedding photography. So you have wedding photography as a service, black and white as the variation for Chattanooga skateboarders, locale, target market. Uh, number two, park portraits for Atlanta families. And these are pretty simple examples, but by the way, you might be amazed, even in a large market like Atlanta, where most photographers aren't don't have clear, distinct brand position statements, that something as simple as, as park portraits for Atlanta families might be an option. You might have to get a little bit more specific in some of the larger markets, but this communicates, first of all, your portrait photographer, that's the service. The variation on that service is that you do them in a park. Atlanta is the locale. Families is your target market. Uh, third example, casual headshots for Houston professionals. Maybe you want to offer a headshot service to the pro market out there, but you're so tired of seeing 99.9% .9 of the pictures looking exactly the same with the same background and the same kind of weird pose and awkward fake smile and, you know, a studio light shining. You want to do something different. Casual headshots for Houston professionals. Headshots, that is the genre or the service of photography that you're offering. Do you want them to be casual? By the way, if you're going to say that, make sure that your website shows that. Don't mix in a bunch of the formals too. They're all going to be casual, whatever that means to you. And you can demonstrate for that or demonstrate that for them with your portfolio. Casual headshots for Houston professionals, your locale, and the target market in that locale, professionals. Okay. I hope that is pretty straightforward and easy to understand. Any questions, comments about that concept of refining your messaging? We've got two more relatively quick steps. 
any questions, comments, don't hesitate to jump in there, throw those in. And I'm glad to come back to them. I'm keeping an eye on the comments. Don't be shy, engage in the conversation, make it a group discussion. Love to hear from you. Okay. Oh, actually we've got one just popped up. Casey says, I've had trouble with keeping my brand position statement short and to the point because my business focuses on portraits and live shows, music, and we provide photo and video. How do we keep something like that short and sweet? Hmm, that's, that's a good question, Casey. Okay, so short to the point because the business focuses on portraits and live shows, music, and we provide photo and video. So this is a much, that's probably a bigger conversation, Casey. Um, and maybe you can add a little bit of clarification to in the comments there. I, I appreciate you jumping in and this is, this is good stuff. Portraits and then live shows, music. To me, that seems like two totally separate services. And unless you're doing portraits of the musicians from the live shows. So what I would suggest, and I was actually chatting with my brother the other day, who's a, a violinist, and we were talking about his brand and how to approach communicating that brand online. And something that I suggested to him is that when somebody lands on his homepage, because he's both a player and a teacher, he has kind of two different segments of his career, that he start with just that. When somebody lands on the homepage for his website, that they have the option to choose the, the journey, if you will, that they get to take. Do they want to connect with Josh, the player, or do they want to connect with Josh, the teacher? People are going to be looking for different or coming to him for different reasons. So a very simple way to kind of attack this challenge is to create that, those two distinct journeys when somebody lands on your page. Um, then of course, the other bigger conversation, even bigger conversation is whether or not you want to separate the brand. Do you, do you create two separate brands for one for portraits and one for the live music and shows? And again, a much more loaded conversation. One of the things I would suggest, Casey, if, if you'd be interested, um, we do, as I mentioned earlier, we offer brand position consultations. Let me actually pop this up really quick um, on screen. Let's see here. So many different buttons to push. <laughs> I'm used to having guests on the show where I, as they're talking, I have the chance to, to jump to a different screen or add a... a um, a label or, or whatnot. Let me make sure I push the right button here. Okay. So you can see here, if you go to mybrandposition.com, scroll down. For anybody who's listening, and this is not just for Casey, you can see brand positioning consultations. And we've got a lot of episodes where I work with a photographer through, through this process of establishing their brand position based on what it is that they're trying to accomplish. And if this is something that you'd like to do, Casey, don't hesitate to just shoot me a DM after we get done with this show. Um, we've got a Already, it looks like our calendar is pretty booked up. Uh, we're, I just had another person sign up for uh, as a guest for the podcast into May. So we're, we're booking pretty far out, but that's certainly something that we could do if you'd be interested. Um, feel free to DM me and we can set up those details. Let me jump back over here. Cool. And, and Casey says, we do portraits and musician, musicians as well as music videos, artists, headshots, et cetera. So we do a lot of the same thing in each area. Yeah, I would love to understand the model a little bit better. Um, you know, specificity is, is what we're trying to achieve. And for everybody listening in, this is not just for Casey, everybody listening in specificity is the goal. Now I want to be really clear about something. And, and that is number one brand position. I don't, I'm not trying to suggest that brand, a brand position statement is the end all be all when it comes to marketing. This is a piece of the puzzle. It's just a really important piece that's been left out of conversation a lot in the photography industry. 
And if we're going to stand out amidst the masses of photographers, we need to be clear about our brand position because that will not only determine our messaging and our marketing efforts, but literally drive our business model, how we spend our time day to day. So the goal here is specificity, especially in order to stand out. And if we want somebody to immediately associate a brand name with a particular service or a particular experience, if you offer three, four, five, six, seven different services, it becomes more difficult to create that association, right? If, if I want, um, for example, when somebody hears Holritz photography to immediately think about black and white wedding photography, that's all I'm going to market. That's all I'm going to show on my website. And that's all I'm going to offer as a service. And if I want to do something totally different, then I'm likely going to create a separate brand or at least a, a different customer journey. So that doesn't create any kind of confusion because I want somebody in my marketplace to hear Holworth's photography and be like, oh my goodness, that's that, that's that guy who he only shoots weddings in black and white. I don't know if I could ever do that, but that's so cool. I've never seen anything like it before. That's the kind of conversation that you want to happen when people hear about your brand, whatever the brand position. That's what we're going for. So when you offer multiple services, it becomes a little more complicated. And that's why I encourage focus. And in this case, in Casey's situation, what he might do is either create a different customer journey or potentially create a couple of different brands so that we minimize that potential for confusion. And Casey says, thank you for that info. I will definitely be signing up. Cool. Thanks, Casey. And thanks for your patience too. I know, like I said, our, our calendar is booked up, booked out quite far in advance, but we'll, we'll make something happen there. All right. I want to keep going here. We've got a couple more points. The next step in the process, and actually, you know what? One more thing. I just want to mention this is really, really important, actually. When we talk about picking a, a niche, a variation on a service, and a target market, something really important to keep in mind. Don't just randomly choose that. We started with a big picture view. You've got financial goals and time goals. If you're going to offer black and white wedding photography for Chattanooga skateboarders, you're talking about a super, 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 super niche market may not be a big enough market to support your financial goals and certainly your time goals. So you may have to expand on that. It might have to be Tennessee skateboarders or skateboarders in, in the Southeast or something to that effect. You may have to broaden the marketplace if you're trying to niche down to a particular market segment and a very specific service. So just keep that in mind as you're going about that process of choosing that brand position. Really, really important to note. Okay. Share your brand position prominently. This is the fifth step to establishing a clear, distinct, and effective brand position. Share brand position prominently. And <clears throat> excuse me, scratchy, scratchy throat again. Um, it's important that once you've established this brand position statement, that you then put it in a place where people can see it quickly and immediately. Now, the best way for me to, to show this um, would be, let me just bring up our website at Photographers Edit. Give Photographers Edit a little shout out as well. In case anybody listening and doesn't know, I'm one of the owners and CEO at Photographers Edit. We're a custom editing house for wedding and portrait photographers. And you'll notice we're on the homepage of the site here and you can see that position statement, custom photo editing services for wedding and portrait photographers. Photo editing services is the service, obviously. Custom is the variation. Other brands kind of do other things or focus on other things. We decided to hone in a number of years ago on the custom nature of our editing services, matching photographers' editing style. Custom photo editing services, and then we call out the target market, wedding and portrait photographers. We do work with some commercial and real estate photographers, but it's a small percentage of our business. So naturally, I'm speaking to our largest market segment or segments, wedding and portrait photographers. That's our brand position statement. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Is that right? 
nine words. I actually went a little bit over that six to eight word max. So I could, I could think about how to shorten that just a little bit here. But you can see how literally at glance, what two seconds that it takes to read that custom photo editing services. And I think originally the statement was custom photo editing for wedding portrait photographers. We added services for the sake of SEO. Um, but custom photo editing services for wedding and portrait photographers, it can be read in two seconds or processed. You know, somebody's internally reading in just a couple of seconds. They immediately know the service that we offer, the variation on the service, who we're offering that to. And if it works, if that fits what they're looking for, perfect. They want to get started or they want to learn more. If not, then they go elsewhere and that's fine as well. We want to work with clients who we would most effectively meet the needs of. And so we're going to filter out irrelevant clients. You'll notice that position statement is a few things. Number one, larger font, bold font that you can be easily seen. And then it's also above the fold. What does above the fold mean? That means I don't have to scroll. See, I'm scrolling now and I'm going past the fold which essentially is that line, right? That invisible line that I have to scroll to get past. That position statement, it's above the fold. They see it immediately. And this needs to be the case both on mobile and on desktop. I'm gonna show you what I mean by this. And this may seem nuanced, but it actually matters a lot because the, the amount of time that people are spending on their mobile devices browsing the web is quite significant, right? So now you can see when I go to the mobile format, that position statement still above the fold, the subtext still above the fold, the call to action still above the fold. Really, really important, but they see that immediately. We can, we can still maintain that picture. We went to a black font against the white background, so it still stands out. Custom photo editing services for wedding and portrait photographers. So again, we want this to be positioned in a place and in a way that is easily and quickly found and read by those who are searching for, in this case, editors or for portrait photographers or wedding photographers or real estate photographers, whatever the case may be. You need to make it easy for them to know in just two or three seconds, your position statement. So position it above the fold, large font, by the way, not scripty font. That's like 1993 and it's hard to read. Stop again, stop trying. You can be pretty all day long, actually. And there's super talented designers out there who can help you put together a stunning site, but it doesn't mean you have to go to a the script font that you have to like squint to see and understand what it means. Um, by the way, I was guilty of that. When we first started our photography business, uh, myself and, and my partner, this is in 2001, 2002 or so when we were developing the business, we used this kind of old school scripty font. Um, and I, you know, I should have prepped actually, so I could show you on screen how, how bad it was. It's just funny to look back on it now, but we don't want that. That's the opposite of what we want. We want really easy to read, very legible, large, bold font that communicates your brand position statement in just seconds. Okay. I think I've hammered that home enough. Second part of that though, and let me jump back actually to the, the worksheet, pop this up on screen here. Above the fold on the homepage of your website, desktop and mobile B is use big, bold font. That's easily legible in a few seconds. And uh, again, I should put in parentheses there, no script font. And then three, copy the same message to all. And actually, one other thing, if you do have text on top of an image like you saw earlier, make sure that that text stands out. Use colors um, or a font type that is going to stand out against that image. Super important to note. Again, both desktop and mobile. Remember, it's going to change. And then number three or C, copy the same message to all social media profiles. And this is really important as well because 
the website's not the only place that people are going to spend time. So when they click on your little IG uh, icon and they go to your Instagram profile or they just immediately find you on Instagram, the first thing they should see, actually, I'm going to add a little bonus here, a um, little mini rant. The amount of profiles that I've gone to over the last two, three, four years, photographers' profiles that don't have a first and last name of the photographer in their profile is frustrating for me, but sad in general. Most photography businesses are sole proprietorships, right? You're and, and whether on paper or not, you are an individual photographer who's trying to promote yourself as a photographer and as a brand. And yet you don't have your name, first and last name in that profile. That's really weird. If you want that personal connection, so many photographers talk about the importance of personal connection and you don't have your, your name there in their profile so they immediately know who you are, shame on you. You're making it really complicated. And by the way, when I land on an Instagram profile like that, this includes times when I'm DM'd or somebody friends me. Uh, they are, I go to their profile. I don't see their name. Maybe they have a link to their website. Maybe it's a link tree. So then I'm clicking, clicking. Then I get to their site. Maybe I scroll down on their site and I don't see anything. I go to their about page. I went to an about page the other day where for a second anyway, I couldn't even find the person's name on the about page. And there was all this text. You got to make it easy. Make it easy for people to know immediately who you are. So that's a little side rant, little bonus tip for you today. PSA for the photography industry. Put your name in your Instagram profile so people know who they're talking to. But right after your first and last name, you should then have your position statement. And the idea here is consistency across the board, across all platforms that you're trying to rep represent your brand on. And consistency for the sake of awareness, consistency for the sake of hammering home that message. Because again, what we're trying to achieve here is an association with your brand, which is, you know, oh, Nathan Holritz, he's that black and white wedding photographer. Oh, Sarah Smith, she is that portrait photographer who only photographs in parks. And I don't even know what park she goes to because every single thing looks like it's just out of a, a movie. It's stunning, stunning work. She's that park portrait photographer, et cetera, et cetera. You want association with your brand. And in order to do that, certainly you got to back it up with the experience. And we'll talk about that here in a second, but you need to make sure the messaging is consistent across the board that every single place they go, they're reminded of that position statement. So that's really important. And um, then that brings us to number six. Match, match the experience with the message. And this again goes back to what I said more than once during the presentation today, which is that this isn't just some pretty words that we're throwing up on a website. That's not what this is about. If you write your position statement, well, it's going to actually help your SEO, but it's not about SEO either. This is about communicating your position statement for the sake of standing out in that potential client's mind, representing a particular position unique to that particular market segment and hopefully more effectively booking them. And once you write that statement and you're building your business model around that, you need to make sure that the experience matches that message. And I've seen this in, in simple ways. For example, where photographers say that they're a particular thing, but even the work on their site doesn't reflect that. You know, I'm, they're a whatever, photojournalistic wedding photographer, and then I see all these fashion-oriented, superposed pictures on their website. The message doesn't match the experience, or in this case, the portfolio. You need to make sure that if you are black and white wedding photography for Chattanooga skateboarders, that, or let's just even go with black and white wedding photography for whatever your marketplace is, your clothing, you know, it would work for me because I always wear these black t-shirts, um, your clothing, maybe even the car that you pull up in, 
all the work that you're delivering, the packaging, the website, the interactions, everything need to reflect that brand position statement for the sake of consistency. Again, if you want it to be burned into their mind, etched into their mind that you, so-and-so photographer represents this concept, you've got to match the experience with the message everywhere. Be super, super consistent in that result or in that regard. <laughs> and then you'll have results. All right. Well, that is it. See, in some ways, it's actually pretty simple. These are really straightforward concepts. A lot of it is just about the doing. And, um, and, and maybe to some of you, this is kind of a relatively new concept and you're, some of it's making sense and some of it doesn't quite make sense. Uh, what I want to do is kind of direct your attention back to mybrandposition.com. So if you type in mybrandposition.com, it'll bring you to this page on the Photographer's Edit and Boca Podcast websites. And you can learn a little bit more about brand positioning, particularly through these brand positioning consultations. Of course, anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find these same uh, podcast episodes on the Boca podcast. You can find them you know, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, on Pocket Cast, whatever your favorite is. You can go listen to these episodes as well. But if you want to learn a little bit more about what it means to take these principles and apply it to the process of establishing a brand position in individual uh, scenarios, circumstances, cases of these photographers get a little bit more context, then take advantage of that resource. It's an incredible, incredible resource. And I think it will add a lot of value. And then of course, scrolling down a little bit further, as I recommend you do earlier today. And if you haven't already, you can download the worksheet that I just walked through for free. It doesn't cost you anything. Put your name, email address. You can download that worksheet and go through it. And this will help you uh, go through the, not just going through and understanding the principles, the concepts, but ultimately establishing that clear and distinct brand position statement, brand position for your brand. And it will make a big, big difference. It's a massive piece of the puzzle and it's missing in a lot of photographers, businesses, and brands. Uh, make sure that you go take and apply these principles to your business today. I think you'll find a ton of value in it. All right. I appreciate everybody listening in, watching, viewing, commenting, asking questions. Um, thanks for the engagement today. Make sure that if you don't follow us on Instagram, you do Instagram. Uh, it's Boca Podcast, B-O-K-E-H Podcast. In fact, that's where you can find us really on any platform. And if you're not subscribed to the Boca Podcast yet, make sure you go do that. You can do that on your favorite podcast player. You can also do it on YouTube. All these live streams go out to YouTube uh, and in Facebook actually as well, Boca Podcast. And uh, come join us for a future live stream Look forward to seeing you there. All right, everybody, have an absolutely lovely day and a lovely week. Talk to you soon.